Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? As usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for downloading, streaming, however you're taking my podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, man, it's been a um, wild couple of days, uh, especially in the hip-hop world, but we'll get to all of that. Um I guess I'll just jump right in. My wife needs this room. I got to be in and out of here quickly. This is why I need a. Eventually, I'll need a studio. I don't need a studio for 19 listeners. <laughs> All right. But uh, eventually, I will. You know what? I do need a studio. I need to stop talking negatively about me. But uh, yeah, it's been a um, pretty chill week. Uh, yeah, man. Mother's Day was great. I uh, had to cancel a gig. I wasn't the best uh, husband on Father's Day. Mother's Day. I had to pick some shit up. And uh, just one of those situations. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't leave the house. Didn't do what I was supposed to do. But uh, it turned out great. We had a good time. Uh, I just get the calendar just gets away from me, man. I need to just start blocking shit off in there. Hey, every year, this is that day. I'm always a guy scrambling on Mother's Day to find shit <laughs> like a dummy. But anyway, uh, I hope all the moms out there, I hope your mom or guardian, whoever took care of you, I hope she had a great day on uh, Mother's Day. We just relaxed, chilled, did mostly what you want to do, which is cool, man, which is cool. And uh, we just kept it simple, you know. I went and got... Uh, Smoothed it over when got a basket full of things that she liked. And uh yeah. Yeah, man. So um yeah, I hope your mom's had a great Mother's Day. All right. Um, I guess I'll move on to my milestone. For those I don't know, we have a nine-year-old son, his name was Miles. And I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. And uh he he's he's closing out fourth grade. He's 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 done very well, very well this year. We're very proud of him. Uh, I believe he's proud of himself. And as far as his coding and game designing, he's really been stepping it up. He's back on the geometry dash. Uh, he's really doing uh, some really, really cool things now, you know, making the background move. Uh, he's actually drawing and animating things in the background. Just, it's just it's just really cool to watch him uh, learn these skills and get better and better and just watching these 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 levels and, and uh, maps just get more and more complex. And he's open. he's opening up to – learning you know from from other people uh he can he can struggle with that from time to time where and i and i'm completely fine with him learning how to do things on his own but i i know there are times where he really hits a, a wall and he just doesn't have that base knowledge when it comes to a lot of these games and coding uh to where to begin to create some of these effects and visuals and all that kind of stuff and i've always tried to encourage him to go hey man just, just get on youtube and take a look at it you know and he's always like i want to learn on my own you know, and I truly, truly applaud that. I'm happy that he's not a person where it's just like, you know what? I don't want to do any work at all. I just want to see. Uh, I want to watch someone who's figured it out, and then I'll learn from there. And I really don't think there's anything wrong with with either way. But I, I like the fact that he's willing to get in there, and uh, and tr- and try to do it on his own. And I, I, the only reason why I encourage him to really um, look things up. It's because I know how frustrated he gets and it can be discouraging when he's not able to do what he wants to do. 
and he'll quit. He might throw some things, and that's me trying to help him avoid that. But I learned I need to step back a little bit and let him learn, let him figure out his own uh, learning process. Like, who am I to tell him the best way for him to learn? So I'm just, I'm proud of him that he's finally opening up and starting to look things up, you know, after he's, he's, he's exhausted himself at, in trying to figure how to do it himself. So, um, and he's, he's becoming more expressive about how he feels about things, which is absolutely great. That's, that's what we've always been striving for. And when he's not happy, when he wants something, he's just like, Hey, can I have this? I don't like that. Um, well, if I go there, I'm going to feel this way. So instead of like, you know, when he was younger, kind of having uh, meltdowns and all that kind of stuff and trying to figure out on our own, like what is going on with him? He's at that age where he can definitively express himself, his likes, his dislikes, and all his worries and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's starting to get better. And I'm trying to be less of a hovering uh, father who is afraid of, you know, uh, of him failing or getting hurt or, or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping back. And I, I have to sometimes literally outside tell out loud tell myself, Chris, stop it. Let him do it himself. He's completely fine. And things have been going better. Things have been going better with him. But uh so that that's the milestone. Uh I'm just I'm really I'm really proud of him. We are we're we're really proud of him. He's come a long way. Uh I feel like the therapy is really helping me see where I'm going wrong in situations. And uh, yeah, we, we're, like as parents and as as people in, in relationships, we we have the a lot of times we have the best intentions, or so we think we do. And uh, sometimes our our methodology and our ways aren't best the best way for people to receive things, and we have to learn to meet people on their level as far as language and all that kind of stuff, and and just learning to be more explicit in my language. Uh, when I'm having a discussion, when I want something, when I need something. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just like learning how to communicate with people really does help. And I know that sounds so stupid, but it's that's where a lot of us go wrong. It, it's just we just don't know how to communicate with each other. Like I, I've noticed, like my wife and I, I'm not going to say it's, it, it's like a all out fight, but we'll go back and forth about something for a half an hour. And then you realize, like, oh, we're we're fighting over the meaning of one word, and it's just like I have to go stop. So, what do you say? What do you mean when you when you say this word? Oh, I mean this. Oh, okay. Well, to me, that this word kind of means that. And then we'll we'll have to discuss that because sometimes, yeah, we just have different interpretations of words, and we can get caught up on that, and without realizing that, we just end up going in circles. And at the core of the argument, we agree, but our language doesn't match up, and it kind of like uh, it prevents us from from making any progress. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm learning. You know, as, as a guy, I've been trying to, and as a comic man, it's just like just trying to get out my words in as few words as possible. And honestly, that that's that doesn't always work. Life ain't comedy, you know. Uh, it's just like I've, I've I've been learning to be a word economist on stage to where I'm like, oh, I, that might simplify my life if I bring it. In. It's just like a, an argument isn't a bit. 
I had to learn to like, you know what? Now it's okay for me to use as many words as possible. So it's been it's been helping out. So I want to say shout out to my therapist, Nick. Man, it's been uh, it's been going well. We met in person for the first time last week, and uh, it was cool, man. We met at this park. We walked around. It's, it's a little strange at first. It's like walking around a park with a dude I don't know, but uh, it, it worked out, man. We had a good time. Um, had a good time uh, talking to him. Got to do it outside next to the river. Just nice, man. Just a nice setting and a good way to start my week. So I also started stretching. If you're feeling kind of fucked up, you know, you're not really hitting the gym like you want to and you just feel bad. I, I'm telling you what, man, set aside 10 minutes. Set aside 10 minutes for yourself and stretch. I mean, I, I've stretched. To, uh, when I stretch today, it'll be three days in a row. And I, I have to I have to honestly say it's improved my mood. And I'm in no way, shape, or form into yoga. I've never been to yoga. I can barely touch my fucking toes. But it is something about releasing all that garbage out of your muscles that just kind of energizes you and invigorates you. So I highly recommend the stretch, man. And I'm just doing simple shit, you know. Sit down, one leg out, try to grab it, the other one, you know, switch over, do a little, a couple cat stretches. Um, yeah, bend over at the waist, cross the legs, bend over at the waist, you know, shit like that. This is real simple elementary school gym shit. You know, go to the stairs, put one leg up, stretch out the hammy, the quads, you know, just the simple shit. And uh, I have to say, I, I'm looking forward to stretching after I record this podcast. And I want to shout out to, uh, Eric Duda, this motherfucker uh, DM'd me the other day, was like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, shit, Duda likes the podcast. And then he just proceeds to shit on the production. <laughs> hey, listening to the podcast. Yeah, the video sucks. The sound sucks. If you need help, hit me up. Thanks, Duda. <laughs> hey, this is what I got. This is a, this is in 1080p or I. Sometimes I put the light too close, and yes, it can wash me out. I don't have a studio, man. All right? This is a HD camera. I also have a 4K webcam, but I don't think uh, I don't think you can upload anything in 4K from StreamYard, so it doesn't matter. So, And also make sure on YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, just make sure you click the HD button because I think it, it, it uploads SD first because it's quickest and it takes a little bit. But yeah, just if you watch online, just hit that uh, HD and upgrade that bub, that uh, bad boy to 1080p or I or I never understood the PI shit when it came to HD. Is it 1080i? Is that even a thing? I don't even remember. This shit was so complicated back in the day. You had I 1080i, 780, 720p I. I don't even fucking know. Have no idea. I'm so glad to be out of that. I have to admit, I'm glad to be out of that era when HDTVs became a thing. Because for a while, talking to dudes about TVs kind of, it kind of became, sorry, like talking about cars. And I had to lie, like, oh, yeah, I'm a 720PI. Oh, is it I or P? Oh. Yep, I got the P. I have no, no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. No idea. No idea. But, uh, so let me. I don't know what I don't know where that came from, but uh, let's see what else did I write down here. NBA playoffs. 
I'm loving the playoffs, man. Uh, the physicality, just the storylines, the intensity. I love it, man. This is why I've always loved uh, the NBA and playoff basketball. It's just, it's just way more intense. Like I said, I think I mentioned it last week or the week before. I just love the storylines that develop. You know, somebody gets crossed over to get dunked on. It's uh, just a, 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 a hard pick, a hard foul, just whatever it may be. These motherfuckers remember this shit. And it just, the tension and ratchet, the tension ratchet is, I can't even say ratchet. It ratchets up tenfold each game. And I, and I, and I love it. Uh, yeah, slow down. Jesus Christ. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, did seeing Joel and B come back after being hurt? I know he got hit again, hurt again last night, but seeing Philly like on the brink of like, hey, this is we gotta win this, or our our backs are against the wall, and we're we're done. For him to come back after that com, uh, com, com, concussion protocol was was like that's like the stuff that uh, that careers are made of, man. You know, because I'm actually um, I'm actually I watched this old um, I say old it's probably like four or five years old. But the 30 for 30 about the Boston-LA uh, rivalry, just watching that, man, I was just like, man, this was what sports used to be. And I, I had to tell myself, sports is still like this. When they, when they, when when you watch those documentaries and they go, the whole world was watching, they weren't. The whole world wasn't watching. The regular watchers watched. The regular fans watched the game. As I've gotten older, the the, the, the games that I've watched have, have become um, subject of many a documentary. And I just remember as a as a young teen watching sports documentaries and just go, man, well, I missed it. This was the best era. And then you live a little bit and you finally see some events that you live through sports-wise or whatever it may be become a documentary. And you go, the world did not stand still. Most people didn't give a fuck about what Allen Iverson, you know, taking that awful 76ers team to the, to the finals what was that, 2001, 2002? I can't even remember. Sometime in the early 2000s. Took that, but I will say that the East was trash, but the way they tell that story, they make it seem like all of America was watching every single 76ers game that year, and that's not the case. It's not the case. But watching the Laker documentary look and just seeing like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar go down in Game Five, uh, MJ's uh, MJ's Jesus Christ, I've been watching the documentary, documentary for too long. Magic Johnson's rookie season, where he had to play center in Game Five. What was that? Some crazy stat line? Like uh, I want to say he almost had a triple double, like forty-two points, seventeen or fifteen rebounds, and no, fifteen is. Yeah, double digit assists and almost 10 rebounds or something like that. So, something insane for like a 20-year-old rookie to put the team on his back in a closeout game away, an away closeout game in the finals. And I want to say that was Dr. J. I mean, so you just you just kind of hear those stories. And I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, but you hear stories like that, and you're like, that doesn't happen anymore. Da, 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 da. You start doing all that type of shit. But uh, yeah, just seeing him come back and and it really rallied the team and the town. And even though they got their asses whooped last night, it was just cool to see like him come back and in, in this storyline, you know, developing. They're they're talking about how he's like Willis Reed and all this type of shit. It was, it was just dope. Just just dope seeing him come back and be a force and not be afraid and and 
guarding a, a seven footer guarding out on the perimeter. Just uh, just just phenomenal, man. Just and what's cool too is watching this documentary about the Celtics and the uh, Lakers, and you, they go back and they tell you each team storied, you know, uh, their their storied past, and you you see what the NBA used to look like, the way they dribbled. It was so. It was so white. It was boring. It was slow. But and just to see the game evolved, it became more black. It became way more athletic and faster in the dunks. And it's just, it's just wild, man. They really tried to keep us out of everything, everything. Just at every turn, they were always like, "Nah, you can't do this." And then when you get in, well, you you can only do this though, because we don't want our feelings hurt. You're not as good as us. And it's just crazy how. Almost everything we do, we go in, change it, and take over. Now you you don't even see – there's games where you don't even see white dudes on the floor. And then in the 80s, it was like it's, it's too black. I, I, I just I, – you know, these documentaries, they really open you up to open your eyes to the true racism in this fucking country at every fucking turn. Every fucking turn, man. From sports to school to just any and everything. And then they, you have the audacity to wonder why a lot of motherfuckers don't have shit. It's like you didn't want people doing anything with you from swimming in your pool, playing sports, using the bathroom, drinking water. Nothing. Nothing. This fella, just, everything was for you. Just, just wild, man. And the, the shit that we had to put up with, and guess what? We overcame that shit. And as many times, we just took over. Just fucking took over. So I see why they're scared. I see why they're scared. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I also learned this about my hometown while watching this documentary. We had I'm from Rochester, New York. We had the opportunity to draft Bill Russell's number one. I, I can't remember what draft it was. Sometime in the 60s. But as a favor to Boston, for some reason, we agreed to not draft him number one. They they ended up taking him at ninth. And in return, we got the fucking ice capades. The ice capades. We gave up Bill Russell, one of the greatest sports champions in American history, for fucking ice skating. That's how much today we just didn't fuck with black people in America. Shout out to Red Arbuck. Now, I don't know his whole past. He could have had some weird racist shit in there. But I'll say he took a chance and started winning. But th- that, that's wild to hear that, like, during that Boston run of how when they were great, all those championships back in the 60s, they said there were still seats available because there were too many black players. Isn't that wild? And then that Boston has a nerve to get mad when you say they're racist. <laughs> Anyway, um, some major, major Rico indictments came down uh, in the world of uh, in the in the in the music world. Uh, Gunna, one of my favorite rappers cur- uh, currently, and Young Thug were mentioned in indictments. Fifty six in counts. It doesn't look good, man. There's a lot. I think there's twenty other people involved in this, in, in these indictments. Fifty six different charges. Uh, I think Young Thug was just like they no bail, no bond, nothing. If he, if he's uh, convicted of all these, he will spend the rest of his life in prison. Uh, they're talking from uh, things from 
renting a car in association with a murder murder that me, he may have sanctioned, uh, trying to get another rapper killed while they were in jail. Uh, just all type of just wild shit, like some mafia shit. But, um, man, I just don't understand why these dudes get to that level of success and they still want to fuck around with this street shit. You, you've made it. You have nothing else to prove. Like, why are you trying to prove to these motherfuckers that you still in the streets? Why? I don't get it. You're in the Rolls Royces, private jets, Met Gala, uh, fashion shows in Paris and Milan, and, and you want to go back to the streets and bang? For what? Why? That just shows you, man, even at that level, man, people still are insecure about things. And I get it. Street motherfuckers are street motherfuckers. But at some point, man, you got to realize what you have and walk away from that shit. And now I'm hearing little babies involved might be involved. This is crazy, man. Like all these rappers that making all this fucking money, if they're all tied up in this, man, this this is wild. They about to clean Atlanta out. This is almost like some major Rico shit where like they just took down a ton of mob bosses and captains. And this is crazy, man. You get that money. You got to learn to, hey, you, I understand not forgetting where you come from. You know, these food pantries and, and buying computers and laptops and helping out at Christmas and clothes. That's great. But all this grimy street shit, leave that shit the fuck alone. You've made it. You made it. Why are you still trying to prove to these people? The outcome of that lifestyle is still the outcome of that lifestyle. Dead, dead or in jail. You're not immune now because you're a fucking zillionaire. If anything, you got a bigger target on your back. And hey, with the young thug them, y'all better be putting money on people's books because if y'all go to jail, jail, somebody gonna be pushing P on one of y'all. <laughs> you don't want that. And oh, I heard a, a reporter also saying that Jack Harlow may be involved somehow. I, I, I this is, I don't know, man. There is part of me that's just like, I'm doing the the, the they thing. Like they just seeing that these brothers making too much money, they want to take them down. You know, that's that's where my mind goes, because I don't think at any point in time in music history have have artists made this much money. In hip hop, I mean, just from their music. And I, I, I get it, man, Jay-Z and them, but they've, they've been in the game for a couple of decades now, and they got into a lot more ventures uh, later on in their career. So, you know, vitamin waters and all that type of shit. But I, I just think from the entertainment side, I don't, I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but it, it just seems like the lifestyle of the of these the, of rappers nowadays has completely changed because they're into the ownership of all their uh, intellectual property, and you just see, you know, that lifestyle bump up. Back in my day, it was just like, oh, this dude's got a Lexus. He was like normal rich. The guy Lexus, cool. He's smoking weed in the Lexus. That's crazy. Next thing you know, you got one dude got a Lamborghini. Okay, cool. They they stepped it up. Then it then the Gucci. Now it's just now it's everything. It's it's fucking multi million dollar homes, diamonds, blue diamonds, Richard Milley, uh, you know, designer everything. I mean, when I when I came up, it was all fucking hip hop brands, and yeah, they got the Lex, they got the uh, uh, a seven fifty, I mean a seven hundred, you know, something like that. Just a regular kind of quote unquote rich dude, but now these motherfuckers are throwing real money but uh all right i think i might have hit everything i wanted to hit i gotta get 
I got to let my wife in this room, man. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I uh, July eighth, I'm I'm back in Rochester. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I got coming up as far as like me. That that's the closest worst me headlining is uh, I'll be at the Carlson July eighth. That's a Friday night. If you happen to be in the Rochester area, please come on out. Uh, tickets will go on sale soon. I will also be in Denver uh, later this this year this 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 uh, this winter, and I'll be hitting up St. Louis the garage this fall so I'm, I'm excited i'm really starting to try to uh, i'm trying to headline on my own a lot more so while it seems like my gigs may slow down these are these are about me i'm, I'm really trying to step up and get to the next the next level as far as like uh positions on stage i'm, I'm trying to, to work my way up to where i'm headlining and i'm just gonna see a decrease in quality in some of the shows if i'm being honest but uh, there's a show. That's a show. Make sure you guys follow me on all things social media at Chris Allen Comedy. That's A-L-A-M. I'm out. Y'all have a good rest of the week. Peace.